Thanks, Fabian, uh, for praying and for leading us. Uh, good morning again. Uh, welcome to Christ Central. I'm glad uh, that you're joining us. As Fabian just prayed, my name is Daniel, and I'm one of the pastors here. And if I've not met you, uh, I would love to meet you. Uh, I try to quickly get by the Connect tent uh, that's outside uh, after the service. And so uh, please stop by uh, this week uh, and say hello. If I haven't met you, I'd love to get to, to know you. Or next week, you're coming in, uh, say hello. Um, I would love to get to know you. The past two weeks, if you've been here, uh, we've had guest preachers, Erwin uh, Entz and Simon Stokes, bless us with the preaching of God's Word. And this morning, uh, we're going to jump back into our summer sermon series in the Old Testament book of Proverbs, uh, seeking to understand the way of wisdom. And the truth is, we all need wisdom to navigate our day-to-day living as we live in a complicated world. Uh, wisdom It is the wedding of thought and experience to become competent with regard to the realities of life. Uh, Another definition that we've used if you've been here in this series is that wisdom is godly skill for living in a complex world. And the way that we are approaching this series is that that we're choosing issues or topics uh, that the book of Proverbs speaks into across its 31 chapters. We're taking verses from various chapters We're putting them together in order to understand the the fuller picture on specific issues in regards to wisdom. And this morning, we're going to look at wisdom and decision-making. Wisdom and decision-making. In my past 15 years of pastoral ministry, decision-making is probably the number one pastoral conversation that I have. Questions and decisions like, should I take this job? Where do I go to grad school? Should I or should we stay in the triangle or move? Should I date this person? Should I marry this person? How much should I discipline my child? Where should my kids go to school? How do I care for my aging parents? When should I retire? What should I do after I retire, right? All these are decisions that we wrestle with. And making a decision is not always easy. Because there's not always a moral or immoral, legal or illegal, permissible or impermissible option. It would be much easier if there was always a right decision and a wrong decision. And so the many decisions we face in our life often boils down to wisdom. Is this a wise or unwise decision? And so I'm going to read from differing verses in Proverbs. I'm going to ask if you're able to stand as we give attention to God's word. I'm not going to cite every verse. I'm just going to read it as it's printed in the bulletin and as it it appears uh, on the screen as well. But uh, let's give attention to the voice of God this morning in Proverbs. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. A man's steps are from the Lord. How then can man understand his way? The integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. The thoughts of the righteous are just. The counsels of the wicked are deceitful. Do they not go astray who devise evil? Those who devise good meet love and faithfulness. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in abundance of counselors, there is safety. Plans are established by counsel, by wise guidance, wage war. 
Isaiah tells us the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Pray with me. Lord God, we do need to hear from you. And so I do ask that you would use the preparation that I've had and then remove me so that the word of God would fall upon the fresh soil of our hearts so that you might implant deeply your, your truth, your word, so that fruit could be born out of our lives. We pray that you would transform us now, Lord, as you speak to us. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts would be pleasing. Speak to us, Lord Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen. You can have a seat. Well, a long time ago, and it, it feels like a long time ago, uh, when I was graduating college, uh, I made the decision to go to China as a missionary for two years. And it was a big decision. Uh, the missionary agency that we went with had everybody in the United States who was going to go to China gather in California for a week-long briefing to prepare for entry and transition. And everybody was recent college graduates from all over the country, and it was an incredible week. Fun, it was exciting to be there. And I remember one day, they split us up into groups to share and pray together uh, with people that we didn't know. And they asked everyone to share how they came to the decision to go on mission to China. And it was interesting to listen to all the differing ways people made their decisions. I will never forget hearing one girl who began very seriously, uh, as if to tell the whole group, take me, you know, listen up here, I'm about to speak some truth to you. Uh, this is going to be good, you want to listen. And, and, then, and then she said, I knew I was supposed to go to China when I got a sign. And at this point, we're all locked in. I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be good, what's this sign going to be? And she said, well, one morning I was taking a shower and I was praying and I was asking God what he wanted me to do after I graduated college. And at just that time I looked up and I saw the tag for the shower curtain and it said, made in China. <laughs> and then I knew I was supposed to be a missionary to China. I thought, all right. Uh, I was a little deflated by that sign. Now, nobody in our group could dispute that. And who knows, maybe God put that tag there at just that time for her to see it. But I do remember thinking, that may not be the wisest way to make a decision. So how do we have wisdom in our decision-making? Proverbs helps us profoundly. I want to suggest three C's this morning as we look into Proverbs, and then I'm going to end with some practical suggestions or applications. Three C's, concurrence, character, choice. Concurrence, character, choice. Let's look first at concurrence. Uh, concurrence, it's a big word, I know. It's already been mentioned if you've been here in this sermon series. It's a word often used by theologians which means the fact of two or more events or circumstances happening or existing at the same time. And concurrence is what our first three Proverbs speak about. Proverbs 16:1, the plans of the heart belong to the man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. The plans of our hearts belong to us. It is our responsibility to be diligent, to plan ahead, and to act. And at the same time, every decision is from the Lord. Proverbs 16, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. We can cast the lot, which is what was like flipping a coin. 
But which side of the coin it lands on is determined by God. 1921, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. We must plan and God's purposes will prevail. Both things are true at the same time. We have complete freedom to make decisions and God is completely sovereign over every decision we make. And it's not a 50-50 situation. 50% our responsibility to be wise and 50% God's sovereignty over our plans and decisions. No, it is 100% our freedom to make decisions and our plans are 100% determined by God. Both are 100% true at the exact same time. And I know that's hard for us to wrap our minds around. And we are tempted to think that it's one or the other. Either I'm completely free and God is distantly removed or God is completely sovereign and I'm bound no matter what. But if you live life thinking you're completely free and that God is distantly removed, just watching your life unfold without any sovereignty, then you're going to live life with boatloads of pressure. I mean, imagine every single day of your life operating as though every single decision you make, from the breakfast you eat, the clothes you wear, the route that you take to work or to school, will fix and determine your future. I don't know about you, but that's just too much pressure to live with day in and day out. So much pressure that one could become paralyzed by the weight of every small, much less large decision. And if you live life thinking God is completely sovereign and you have no responsibility for your decisions in the future, then you're going to live life with boatloads of passivity. But if everything is determined and you have no human agency and responsibility for your future, why do anything? But both are 100% true, 100% human responsibility and freedom, and 100% God's sovereignty. It's concurrence. And if we do not hold these together, we are in trouble. But if we can believe, even though we may not always comprehend, this concurrence is a great comfort and a great guide as we make decisions. Do you remember the old Nike commercial, Just Do It? It was this call to take action, make changes, move forward, just do it. Concurrence helps us just do it. Just do something. You don't need to feel the weight of every decision as though you are in complete control. It will paralyze you. God is with you. And God will work all things out according to his plans, even very unwise and bad decisions. God will work out according to his plans. In Genesis, Joseph, the son of Jacob, sold into slavery by his brothers. And through all the pain and all the suffering, Joseph was able to say in Genesis 50, verse 20, you meant it for evil, God meant it for good. That God is sovereign even over the evil in our world. Acts chapter 2, verse 23 says, this Jesus, you delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Romans 8, 28, God works all things for good for those who are called according to his purpose. You are free to make decisions and then trust that God is at work. Concurrence is a great comfort. Just do something. 
and trust that there is no plan B for your life. God is with you. God is at work, working all things according to his glory and for your good. The second C that I want to point out is character. Proverbs 11.3 says, The integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. Proverbs 12.5 says, The thoughts of the righteous are just. The counsels of the wicked are deceitful. 14.22, Do they not go astray who devise evil? Those who devise good meet steadfast love and faithfulness. Proverbs is pretty clear that wisdom is not something God dispenses like a gumball machine but rather something God grows in a person over time as he changes our character. If you were to read Proverbs 1 through 4, it is fatherly instruction about living life over a long period of time, trusting God as we seek wisdom and become people of integrity and righteousness. Proverbs 16, 3 says, Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Scholar Bruce Walkey knows that this word commit, also translated trust, it means to roll onto, to put all your weight upon. It is the long journey of putting all of your weight upon God in every area of your life where wisdom develops and grows. I have a few older pastors that I really enjoy spending time with, a few by God's grace, uh, will worship occasionally in this congregation. And I uh, really enjoy being with them because they've experienced the suffering and pain of a broken world. They've experienced the personal successes and failures, heartbreak, regrets, joys, and triumphs that come in a vocation that I'm also called to. And the long journey of trusting God and having their character shaped is what has led me to want to spend time with them because they are people of wisdom. And they can attest that that wisdom doesn't come through a TED Talk. It doesn't come through reading a single book about wisdom, but rather it comes as God over a long period of time transforms character so that as we face decisions, we do so with integrity and righteousness, making wise decisions. And so the main question for us this morning It's not always, what is the wise decision in regards to the job or in academics or in family or in dating? But are you becoming wise? Are you putting all of your weight onto God and trusting him through the ups and downs along this long journey of life? For this is the kind of person God gives wisdom. And as modern people, we would much prefer that God give us the magical sign of the shower curtain, right? Telling us what to do. But Proverbs teaches us wisdom comes on the long journey of trusting God with every area of our life and having our character transformed. Now, I know you might be thinking, all right, this, that's great, Daniel. You're telling us that theology and character matters. Yes, <laughs> I am. They matter greatly. Now, maybe you want something a little bit more practical, I'll give it to you in my last C, and then I'll give you some application. The third C is choice, choice. We ultimately have to make a choice. We ultimately have to make a decision around the differing questions that we're asking. So how do we do that? The first thing that Proverbs teaches us is to have a plan. We have to have a plan. Proverbs 21 verse 5 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to 
to poverty. God is pro-planning. God wants us to plan and to live strategically. That is not a lack of faith. It is prudence and discretion, and God encourages that. We should pay careful attention to the details of our lives. We should be patient in our lives. We should weigh strengths and weaknesses and plan accordingly. Hastiness is foolishness. Proverbs 24, 27 says, prepare your work outside, get everything ready for yourself in the field, and after that, build your house. This is an encouragement to evaluate how much income you have and then build your house. Plan. It is hasty and bad planning to build your house and then try to figure out how to pay for it. You have to plan. You know that God accomplished salvation through planning? Ephesians 1.9 says, Making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Galatians 4.4, when the fullness of time had come, the plan was now revealed. God sent forth his son to redeem the world. God plans, and God is for us planning. The plans of the diligent lead to abundance, and those who act in haste come only to poverty. The second thing to point out that Proverbs teaches us that helps us make wise choices in our decisions is that we need counselors. We all need counselors. Eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. It is foolish to think you, or for me to think that I am wise enough in and of ourselves to make the best decision always. Wisdom comes from a multitude of people. Lone Ranger Christianity and Lone Ranger decision-making is for the fool. So we should seek advice from others. We need a multitude of counselors. Now let me say here that make sure that the counsel and the counselors you seek out are good. For there is such a thing as bad counselors. I mean, King Rehoboam in 1 Kings 12 listens to the, to the counsel of his close friends, the young and youthful and proud advisors, And Rehoboam discounts the tried, tested, and aged advisors. And as a result, he makes a very bad decision. So when you seek counsel, are the people that you are talking to people who put all of their weight onto God? Do you see integrity and righteousness? Are they people that hold together the two truths of human freedom and God's loving sovereignty? And can they remind you that both are true at the same time? Now, I want to give you some application uh, as I end. And I'm going to take this uh, from uh, a couple of different places, some modern-day pastors and commentators, but the majority of what what I'm about to share is uh, is old, which means it's it's been tested. It's centuries old. It comes from St. Ignatius of Loyola, a 16th-century former Spanish soldier turned Catholic priest and theologian. And one of Ignatius' big contributions to the church has been his writing and practices around discerning God's will and decision-making. Ignatius and those who would enter his order of priesthood, known as the Jesuits, lived with certain principles. They sought out principles to guide them to discern God's voice. And Ignatius was very big on getting to a place where one's interior life, where one's soul could truly discern the voice and the leading of God. And I've personally found Ignatius to be very helpful in this regard. 
And so I want to share some of this with you. Uh, this past week, I was meeting with uh, one of the older pastors I mentioned earlier, one of these wise sages uh, that I like to spend time with. And he was telling me about one of his friends who's a billionaire. Uh, he's like, I only have one friend who's a billionaire. <laughs> this is one, my one billionaire friend uh, who often has to make really big decisions. And my friend asked the billionaire, how do you make such monumental decisions all the time? And he responded, well, I try to imagine myself standing on a beam, becoming so planted and so secure on that beam that it feels like I'm standing on a beach stretching for miles and miles and miles, that I'm that balanced and I'm that stable. He said, I try to get as neutral as possible, quiet on the inside, clear thinking, so that I can go forward or backward if God speaks to me. He said, when I'm neutral, then I can listen to God. Well, Ignatius and others give us some things to help us get to, to the neutral spot and then listen to God. Six things that I want to give you. The first is the Bible. And that's not just like, got to say it, throw it, up, get it out of the way. It's, it's, it's primary, the Bible. As Christians, the Bible is the clearest way that God speaks to his people, that he speaks to us. And so we have to be reading and listening the word of God as we're seeking to make wise decisions. Are you reading and listening to God speak through the scriptures? The second thing is authority. There are people that God places in all of our lives that serve as our authority, our family, our church, the state. And God leads and speaks to those he's placed in authority over us. So are you listening and following the authority that God's placed in your life? The third is conscience. Conscience. In making a decision, you have to get to a place where you're being really honest with yourself. Like really honest. Because you know who one of the easiest people to deceive is? Yourself. The person look, looking back in the mirror is the easiest person to deceive. And so you have to ask, what do I want Really? Like, really? What, what's important to me, really? And explore your conscience. Don't ignore it. Is there a tension that you feel deserves your attention? God speaks to us through our conscience. He leads us through conscience. The fourth is motive, our motives. You have to examine your why in making a decision. Because the reason is that all of us can make decisions with bad motives, fear, greed, pride, many other bad motives can, can drive us to make decisions. And so what is your why in making your decision? The true underlying driver in your heart. Is it a good motive or is it a bad motive? And be honest. The fifth is gifts. God has gifted every single one of you with specific gifts and abilities to live and to cause flourishing in this world. You know, you know this, there's only one you, right? It's a book that we read to our children, the one and only ever you. There's only one you. You have a unique story. You have unique gifts that God has given you to offer and worship to him and to offer for the good of this world. And so as you come to a decision, does whatever decision you're facing enable or disable you from using your specific gifts in God's service. 
That's the fifth one. The sixth one is others. God has called us clearly to love God and to love one another. Two great commandments. So when we face a decision, we have to ask this question. What does love require of me? It's not just about you. Your decision impacts other people. How will the decision you're making impact the other people God has called you to love? Love must be supreme, and the love of others must drive us when we make a decision. The Bible, authority, conscience, motives, gifts, others. A few things that will help us listen to God and make a decision. Now, I want to end by asking a sobering question. Can you think about a time in your life when you experience great regret? We should all be able to think. We've all have regrets. Think about a time when you had great regret. It could be the job you took, the person you dated, the failed investment opportunity you were a part of, the missed opportunity because you said no. Some time of great regret. The reality is that we didn't just arrive at that place. We actually made many decisions along the way that ultimately led us to a place of regret. And those decisions weren't always right or wrong decisions, legal or illegal, moral or immoral, but they they were wise or unwise. Wisdom matters in decision-making. And if we want to live a life of wisdom in our decision-making, God gives us the theological reality of concurrence, 100% human freedom and 100% God's sovereignty. We are free to make decisions and just do something, and we are invited to trust that God is at work, he is in control, his plans will happen even in and through evil. We need not be passive nor paralyzed. And we have to know that, that life is a long journey of becoming wise as God grows our character, making us people of integrity and righteousness as we walk the road of up and down, and day by day we trust God. We roll on to God. We put all of our weight onto God in every area of our life, and then as we make choices and decisions, we plan and we strategize and we listen to counselors. And then in relationship with God, he leads us by his strong right hand as we make decisions. And this is the beautiful thing about Christianity is that it's not just a set of ideological beliefs. It's about us being in a living, breathing, real, communing relationship with God. And the Father wants us to trust him. And Jesus wants us to know he's always with us. And the Spirit of God unites us to experience the presence of God. And then prayerfully, we make wise decisions in relationship with God. And even when we do not make wise decisions, we can trust that God is good and that he is with us and that his plans and his purposes will prevail. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that you would, Lord, help us to believe and to trust these truths that you are completely sovereign and good over everything that happens. And you set us free in Christ, to make decisions and to act. Would you transform us day by day as we put all our weight upon you and we trust you? And as we have to face choices daily in small ways and then in big ways, Lord, give us wisdom. 
and help us to be anchored in the reality that you're with us, you walk with us. And this life is not always uh, in the uh, end of decisions we make, but it's really caught up in the means of being in a relationship with you, invited to know you, to walk with you, and to trust that all things work to your glory and to our good. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.